Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as ever, I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week, we are doing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which was released on the 22nd of June 2018 in the USA, which was literally two days ago, and the 6th of June 2018 in the UK. So, bizarrely, we got it. Like way earlier, I'm not a hundred percent sure why. I'm guessing because of the World Cup. Oh, I don't know. Because you know how I mean. I'm not into football. You're not into football. But this country gets very, very silly around around the World Cup. So I'm guessing maybe they thought that you know this would just not do well over that period of time. So they released it two weeks prior. Mm. Which means really this recording, although late for us not mm. caused by Carla obviously nope. um actually on time <laughs> really? well I yeah I mean I wanted to get it out for the opening weekend of USA so obviously I need to hop in my DeLorean to make that happen <laughs> but we will get it out as near as damn it I will just stay up all night editing and we'll get it out as, as quickly as we possibly can always got dedication from one of us. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess for the first time ever, we have to give a spoiler warning. Yeah. Because all our films, you know, they're usually about 40 years old, so we don't have At to least. give that kind yeah. of warning. Yeah. There are some podcasts out there that have reviewed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom without spoilers. Boring. Well, what are they going to be talking about? I'll be honest with you, I don't listen to spoiler-free reviews because to me there's absolutely no point in it so i mean maybe i'm missing something maybe they're great so yes there will be spoilers throughout we will talk extensively through the plot and if you haven't seen it yet download now listen later is what i would say can i just ask did you make notes yes oh you actually well yes i did holly because as we mentioned earlier one of us is dedicated I know, but I didn't want to get told off that they thought I was filming. With a pen? What are you, James Bond? <laughs> no, because I, I'm in the modern world, Carla. I would have done it on notes on my phone. Oh, I see. Okay, no. I went in, so the first time I saw it, I saw it on the opening day. I took half-day holiday from work. Can we talk about how much you pay? <laughs> Well, I need to I need to explain just a little context around it. I work in central London and I thought I'll be working around Leicester Square that day as a treat to myself. I thought, why not go and see it in, you know, the IMAX 3D Leicester Square on the opening day. So I took the afternoon off and it it did cost £23, which is probably, I don't know, what's that, about $40 or something? Yeah. Quite a lot. But was it worth it? For me, it was worth it. And that's the main thing, isn't it? It's all in context. Yeah. For someone else, yeah. definitely not. For me, you know, I got to see it on the, uh, as soon as it opened. The cinema looked fantastic. It was so kitted out with it all. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience. And I had a notebook with me, but I was in the back row because if I'm choosing where to sit, I will always go to the back to the side. If that's that's my chosen spot. Yeah. And it was so big because it was a Leicester Square cinema that it was pitch black. So, you know, normally you can kind of see from the reflection of the screen. I literally yeah. couldn't see a thing. So my notes, I mean, I'll send you a picture of them, but I won't be putting them online because they're so horrific. Oh, God, I can't wait. To see yeah, this. they were really, really good. Did you get out and were like, oh, oh, I can't read it? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be ha- able to read them very well because 
I've never tried to write in the dark before. Yeah, and clearly not a skill you have. Not a skill, no, but you never know. I could have come out and it could have like looked better than normal and then I would have always just switched the light off when I was writing a birthday card, for instance. <laughs> so always handy to test that skill, I say, because you never know. Uh, but I saw it again today. My friends wanted to see it and uh, they asked if I wanted to pop along and see it again. So I'm very refreshed. I've seen it a matter of hours ago. Well, I was going to say, because obviously we've been through the theme mm. park mm. bit of it this yeah. time already, because we've already done Jurassic World. Um, should we talk about what snacks we eat at the cinema? I think we should, yes. For, for anyone that's new to this show, hello. And um, also, we have already done Jurassic World, which was very early doors. It's like our second episode in. So the sound isn't probably not quite as good as now. And there might, editing might not be up there. But yeah, check that out. It's Holly's favourite episode. So we reviewed the ride in that episode because uh, that's what we do. We review the ride and then we go on to the film. So we're obviously going to skip that this time. And if you really like us, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're pushing it, you can also listen to Jurassic Park, which was our first episode of this year. And I think we talked about snacks in the park on that one because we'd already talked about the ride. So now we're moving yeah. on to snacks in the cinema. I'll put in the show notes where you can skip this part. So don't worry if you think, oh, my God, I'm going to switch off. Check the show notes and I'll tell you when the film starts. And in the meantime, we're just going to have a little chat. What do you like in the cinema, Holly? So my favourite thing is um, obviously a big drink. And then I would normally go for popcorn, but I would go for half salt, half sweet. But I would ask for, well, actually more three quarters salt and then a quarter sweet. But ha the sweet has to be on okay. the top. So I am quite specific. But this time I really had a very random snack. So... <laughs> yeah gotta be healthy and I didn't eat my I've got into this habit of eating dried cereal mm -hmm. so I took some I took some dried oat crisp with me okay and a water very dull yeah a very very dull trip to the cinema I'd say made me a bit sad <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> but you know the nachos always tempt me but they're very expensive aren't they they're very expensive, and um, the reason is because in cinemas, of course, they have to pay to rent the film. So the ticket prices pay for the rental of the film and the staff wages, and that's it. And basically, all sales from pick and mix, ice cream, the rest of the food, that, 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 that's their profit, essentially. So that's why they hike up the prices, because they don't make any money at all on the actual ticket price. So you probably, you know, when you walked in with your water and your, you know, Rice Krispies, you probably made a loss for them, if I'm being honest. Oh, feel a bit, feel a bit bad now. No, I don't feel bad. It's all right. Loads of people fall in the trap of, of buying cinema food. I usually don't. And the only reason is because of the hygiene aspect, because I did work in cinemas. And I'm not saying they're like that now, but... I know when I was a teenager, and essentially cinemas are run by teenagers, you know, you have like a grown-up who's a manager, but they pretty much stay in the office. I would not trust me now to cook a hot dog thoroughly, let alone when I was 17. So I'm always a little bit dubious. I, like I had a coffee this morning because we saw a really early show, but normally I try to avoid a drink because, you know, I'm at that age. You want to get through the film without needing the loo. Yeah, because I, I had to have a, a, a toilet break. And then it puts me a bit on edge when I'm sat down and I have to get through some mm. people. And what's the worst thing is when you're walking back in and you suddenly forget where you're sitting. You know logically where you're sitting, but you're like, what if I'm not here? Or sometimes I'm even like, am I definitely in the right screen? Is this another dinosaur film? <laughs> <laughs> just sit down and start watching another film I just really hate that like, even at a gig 
like when you go out to go to the loo and then you walk back in, and especially if it's like the O2 and it's so massive, and you start walking up the stairs and then you realise you're walking up the wrong stairs and you have that thing, oh, whereas do yeah. you just style it out and carry on walking up? Because at some point you're going to have to turn back. Well, yeah. Well, do you just find an empty seat? And... Yeah, do I just get some new friends? <laughs> yeah. Just cut my losses? Go home with someone else? Anyway, yes, but what we used to do when I I didn't usually work on the food stand because I was rubbish. So I usually did the box office. Obviously, now there are no box offices, but they were then. So I was normally in that or occasionally I'd be seating people, which, again, doesn't tend to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. But on the rare occasion I did used to help out on the food stand, if someone was rude, they would either... And it, this wasn't me. I'm talking about what I witnessed. They would either get some popcorn that had been on the floor, shoved in their bucket, or if they were like older in like a cornetto, they would like squeeze the cone as they gave it to them. So in the cinema, it would all run down their hands. And I can't tell you what went into nachos. Just you know, a few people might have blown their nose. Is all I'm saying. So I'm always extra polite in a cinema because I know you know kids. They're horrible, aren't they? Oh, well, that's really made me feel a bit sick. But they wouldn't be, they wouldn't do that to you. I can imagine you're absolutely lovely to the working class. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it would be Adam that would be buying it. Oh, as long as you stay away, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I did a little poll online to see what people's least favourite of the Jurassic Park sequels were. So obviously we didn't include the first one because that's not a sequel, so everything from two onwards. Uh, Quite unsurprisingly, Jurassic Park 3 got 48% of the vote, which saddens me because I really like it. I think it's very underrated, just because it's a bit silly. I don't know if I've even seen it. I, I enjoyed it. And second was Lost World, which is by far my least favourite. The second one, I I would never watch it. It's just awful. But my main point for doing this was I thought surely no one will think Jurassic World was, a, was the worst sequel. And a crazy 11% of people said the last one, Jurassic World, was the worst of the sequels. I mean, that's quite outrageous, isn't it? I agree. I agree with it being outrageous. Just absolutely ridiculous. I think Jurassic World was so near to being as good as Jurassic Park, I can barely put a pin between them. Wow, I might as go as far to say it's better. Yeah, I think, I. you know what? I, I wouldn't judge you on that. I really wouldn't. So screw you, 11%. Ridiculous. 15% said this one was the worst. And I, I don't think it is, but I'd take that over Jurassic World, definitely. Very odd. I don't know who these people are. Well, I do. They're our followers, so apologies for that last comment. Should we go on to the film? Yep. There's two men in an underwater vehicle, and one of them, you know, is a little bit apprehensive, and the other one says, relax, she'll be dead by now. And they're looking for the bones of the Andominus Rex. There's obviously a storm going on. First question, why did they do this at night with poor visibility? I thought that. I mean, don't get me wrong, it added to the atmosphere. It was a very good opening scene, but not very smart. They're then swallowed under the water by the dinosaur that lives in the sea. Can't remember its name, but we did mention it in the first one. And we see the geezer on land is being chased by a T-Rex. Wasn't he annoying, though? He deserved to die. He definitely deserved to die. Absolute idiot. Because he, they were shouting at him, and I, do, I don't understand why. If you know where you are, and then they're like, oh, he's like, I don't understand, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, go over then. Even if you can't understand what they're saying, they had a horrified look on their face and they were beckoning him to come forward. Flailing their arm. And I also think a dinosaur walking would probably be louder than rain. Yeah, and wouldn't at that size probably be able to sort of sneak up on people. 
Yeah, I I don't think there's any sneaking going on with a T-Rex. Seems unlikely. Does. So he grabs onto the helicopter and he thinks he's got away because he manages to climb up the ladder. But then, wonderfully, he is eaten once they're over the sea by the underwater dinosaur, which was good. And I just thought, I mean... He was lucky because I'd have thought that even with the T-Rex pulling at the ladder initially, the whole helicopter would have gone down. I would have thought so. So three years after Jurassic World, we see that a volcano will finish off the dinosaurs. There's basically a news story and it said that they had to pay $800 million in damages to the people that were at the park that day when it all went horribly wrong. We see... Jeff Goldblum. Now, I felt this was a little bit weird when he's been doing all of the press release tours and, you know, all of the interviews. And you literally see him for about an hour, what, five minutes at most? Yeah, because he's, he's only in it at the very, very beginning, isn't he? And then again, a little bit at the end. But, I mean, he's not playing a big role at all. No, not at all. And I, to me, if Jeff Goldblum agrees to a, to appear in another Jurassic Park film, use him. Yeah. Get rid of that awful woman that we're going to get to in a minute, Zia, and have Jeff Goldblum play that part. Yeah. Did you see him on uh, Graham Norton? No, I don't know if I did, actually. Oh, okay. Well, he did say that when they asked him, he thought he was going to get to act with dinosaurs again so i think he was willing to do more why they didn't use him is anyone's guess because i can imagine they paid a fortune just to get him on those you know two clips he was on but anyway he wasn't there much and we see him saying that we've altered the course of natural history and he thinks that we need to let the volcano uh, take them out and let them die on there We then see Claire not in prison. And no sign of her ever going to prison either. So in Jurassic World, uh, the podcast, we talked extensively how Claire should be imprisoned because she was ultimately the only living person that was responsible for the catastrophe that happened in Jurassic World. She didn't evacuate early enough. She chose not to have the Indominus Rex shot because she didn't want to lose any money. She was right wrong and and she seems to have got away with it scot-free, which I think is awful. Yeah. They at least should have shown a flashback to her in, like, you know, an orange jumpsuit where she, you know, served a little bit of time, just a token amount even. Or even in going to court yeah. to see if she'd get, yeah, something, some kind of justification. Because there is no way in hell she would have got away with that. No. Or even talk maybe that the court case is still going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just something. Yeah, and maybe this could have redeemed her. Yes. From not going to prison. Well, how it ends, probably not. Well, yeah, probably not how it ends, if you leave a kid near a switch. But, you know, we'll get on to that. Okay, so we see that Claire is now running a dinosaur protection group. So she's obviously trying to right her wrongs when she used them, you know, like zoo animals, and she's now trying to protect the species. We see Zia, who says she's a paleontology vet, but admit she's never met a dinosaur i mean that's like having a heart surgeon who's never met a human isn't it well yeah i don't i don't trust her qualifications all very well in theory isn't it but you know what's going to happen in reality what the hell did she practice on oh god knows while we're on the subject she would have been the most annoying character in it had that other boy not been in it. I think there are a few who could go in the running for the most annoying. <laughs> it was littered with them. It really was. So it then comes on the telly while they're in there that the government uh, have decided that it's uh, an act of God and they won't save them. It then cuts to 
the Lockwood estate. So Claire gets a phone call and asks to go over to that. And we see that it's uh, John Hammond, who was, of course, the creator of Jurassic Park originally. He's on the wall. And some geezer called Eli Mills works for Ben Lockwood, who co-created Jurassic Park or co-created the dinosaurs coming back. The dinosaurs, I think. Yeah, the dinosaurs. So he explains they have a piece of land which which they would use to save the dinosaurs. I I mean, I had this question in in the the end of the first or the last one. The ones that fly, the dinosaurs that fly, how have they not already flown off the island? How are they not part of society by now? Because they would have all, they're not going to stay on an island that's got volcanoes erupting around it. They would fly off somewhere else, surely. Yeah, you've made quite a good point. And, you know, they're they're talking about saving them and putting them on this island. Who's to say they're going to stay there either? And they did fly off anyway didn't they because we saw them didn't we yeah we saw them flying at the end over yeah. the sea but it appears no they just hovered around a volcanic island and didn't reach humans which i find odd what would have made more sense actually is if they would have said something in this where they'd have said oh the di- some you know we've already witnessed some if jeff or whatever was talking and said we already witnessed three attacks in wherever in costa rica on the flying yeah. ones luckily you know they've sort of all died out you know if he said yeah. something like that but it's weird because at the end obviously we see them flying down the california coast don't we we do so, yeah you've made a, yeah it's a good point and it's just details like that where you know it's just it's oh it's like just come on like how many writers do we have doing this Mm. you know looking over these scripts i mean it's spielberg for god's sake yeah so they say that they need claire basically because she has access with her handprint to the tracking system on the island so they can go and save 11 of the species and the one they're really interested is blue who is Chris Pratt's pet rapture. Yeah. So that obviously they need Chris to help. How did she find where he was? He was just in the middle of nowhere. Maybe they've got one of those find friends apps. I don't understand people that have that, you know, where they, they can sort of know where their friends are. Why would you want to be watched of where you're going? Yeah, I used to work with a guy who used to always, as like we were finishing our shifts, he was like, oh, I just want to see where, where the lads are. And he'd just look and then just go to where they were. And I'm like, just like, maybe they don't want you to. I find it really weird. Oh, my God, that is so weird. And I understand if you've got kids, like I would definitely, if I had children, that were out and about, I get that. But... Yeah, just using it to find out where your mates are. A bit creepy. I'd say young people and old people. You know, if you if you wanted to keep an eye on where, you know, grandparent was. Quite a good yeah. idea. So, yeah, he's building, like, a house, I suppose, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then it cuts to them in a bar. Now, didn't you think her laughing was ridiculous? I thought a couple of things in this scene were ridiculous, actually. One, the beer they were drinking. I'm sure they were drinking something like right. a Stella. And I just thought, who would be in this American bar <laughs> drinking a Stella? It just felt weird to me. Very yeah. odd. Felt like a Budweiser place. So I thought that was odd. The laughing bit, I didn't know what was going on. It just seemed absolutely ridiculous. And I, I didn't know whether it was sort of like like she'd been told laugh or whether it was over-the-top fake laugh. It just was. It just seemed manic. Yeah, it just didn't come across well, did it? Let's be honest. No. So she's basically laughing because he says that she didn't, uh, she didn't want to live in a van. Snobby. <laughs> On this point, I, I will take her side. Who would want to live in a van? Actually, I do know someone that lives in a van. Friends lives in a van. But, you know... She's a vegan, so that's all we need to say on that. 
Uh, that is, you've explained it all. I, don't, I mean, literally, that's all. That, that's that's it, isn't it? It's just okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No more explanation needed. No. <laughs> so she pulls on his heartstrings by mentioning blue. And later we see him watching home movies of a baby blue. I mean, this just melted me. How cute was that? Mm, that was sweet. So, so cute. He gets uh, on the plane. At this point, didn't she say, I've got a ch- charter plane that you're on tomorrow? Mm-hmm. But, like, no more explanation. <laughs> At that point, I thought they meant like they're flying out of like, you know, I don't know, San Francisco airport on the nine o'clock to Costa Rica. You know, that then you'd know what flight you're on. You could get that to that information quite easily. Mm. But when it was like this tiny little plane, I was like, where do they know where they're flying from? Just a bit weird. Very weird. But he was there early. He was having a nap, wasn't he, when they got on? He'd moved from living in a van to living in a plane. Yeah. It's a step forward. Uh, yeah, so we see Zia and an annoying boy. Now, I don't know his name. Did you pick up his name? No. Doesn't matter. We see uh, cuts to the Lockwood estate again, and we see Maisie, who he's his granddaughter. I would argue she could be one of the most annoying characters. <laughs> well, what I didn't understand, what she's British, very British, Talks like, you know, Emma Watson British. When she said something about bath and then the lady said, it's bath. Yeah, but she said, well, she said bath. And she said, no, it's bath. Now, you wouldn't find anyone in the south of England that would call it a bath. No. So why is she saying that? Yeah, like where she picked that up from. Is she watching Coronation Street? I don't know. But... You wouldn't get anyone that talked with that because it was a very nice South England accent. Yeah. And we would all say bath. Well, you would, well I, I would say it with an F on the end. You would say it correctly with a TH on the end. But either way, no one would be saying bath. No. And also about the granddaughter, my friend today was laughing because we realised that granddaughter dresses exactly like me and there's 30 years age difference. Oh, because, yeah, she wears, I noticed that she wears converses, doesn't she? She wears converses, jeans and then a t-shirt. And a hoodie. (laughs) And did did your friend just look over at you and was like, oh. My friend was like, is it really sad that... You dress exactly the same. She said, you're probably admiring her dress sense. (laughs) So it then cuts to the disused Jurassic World theme park. And we see a a Patasaurus. A Patasaurus, I think they're called. The ones with the big long necks. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The friendly ones. Yeah. We see Zia getting all emotional. Now, she's a vet, remember? But she's never seen one. Now, I liked this bit, the detail, when they went into the the park because there was a Margaritaville on the floor, a uh, sign on the, fo- on the floor. So I liked that. And I did like that it sort of, you know, like they showed still bits, didn't they? Like in the shop mm. and stuff of like all the old toys, like the toys all there and everything. Yeah, it was very, very good. It looked like it had just been left exactly as it was. Yeah. And I thought that would be a good feature for since Universal Studios or Island of Adventure are ripping out a lot of the Jurassic Park part to replace with Jurassic World, which saddens me. But, you know, I I get it. It still saddens me. Maybe they could do something like that and have like, you know, make it look like a disused Jurassic World. That would be quite a cool thing to walk through, wouldn't it? I mean, they've probably already locked those plans down, but you know if they want to change it up i don't know how they're going to change it up otherwise because essentially the ride isn't really to do with jurassic park as such is it i mean you just go on it and there's a load of dinosaurs and you get eaten by a t-rex at the end i mean other than shoving blue in there i'm not sure what else they can do yeah and like putting you in a ball instead of the i mean what yeah, maybe you would go. I mean, that would be quite a nice touch if you got to go in, in a ball, but I don't. I guess they couldn't fit that many people in. I mean, are they going to keep the actual ride? 
I think the actual structure of the ride is staying and they are just making it more Jurassic World than Jurassic Park. But essentially, it's all dinosaurs, isn't it? So, I mean, I don't want to sort of go on about it, but surely there's other bits they need to sort out first, like Men in Black. <laughs> this is my exact point. I think leave Jurassic Park, you know, the area as it is, it's fine. Just add, I'm sure they must add, you must have a blue in there at some point now already or a jeep with jurassic world in i'm sure they would have added that yeah like there's some stuff which definitely needs sorting out men in black needs sorting out i mean the whole sort of <sighs> toonland sort of thing i mean i even i can barely remember popeye you know it's, a, it's very very old and dr zeus maybe it's big in america i don't know but i mean to the brits it's just like what the hell is this right yeah it's a ride you go on to get out of the rain. That's it. That is literally the only purpose of that ride. I find it, you know, obviously I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I can't deny it. it's done it to perfection. You know, that is brilliant. Yes. The Jurassic Park bit, I think, doesn't need to be touched. Marvel Land, again, not my thing, but it's very, very well done. Yeah. So, you know, sort out the, the, the other two areas. And like you say, yeah. definitely get rid of Men in Black in the other part. You know, before you start making unnecessary changes to parts that are actually okay. Yeah. Right. Now we've sorted that out. We've sorted that out. Now moving on. They power up the tracker using Claire's handprint. And Zia is offended. This annoyed me. She's offended by the baddie. Now, obviously, he is a baddie, but at this point, we don't know who he is. She's offended because he insinuates she shouldn't be going out by herself. And I get his point, because why would she go out on her own? But, she, you know, she gets all uh, about that, burns her bra in front of him. <laughs> but then she turns to Chris Pratt and says, come on, beefcake. Now... Is that okay? Is that what the world come to? Unfortunately, it is, guys. Yes. Equal rights is what everyone wants, right? But it's not equal rights. It's now, you know, you can just be rude to men. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't like that. I don't understand what point she was making by you can't, you know, pigeonhole her, but it's okay for her to say it to a muscly bloke. That's all right. That's fine. All I would say is don't preach tolerance if you're not willing to be tolerant of others. I've gone deep. As I said, I've got very deep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk nonsense for 20 minutes until you're hooked and then we'll suddenly start going. We'll suddenly pull out a manifesto 20 minutes in. <laughs> anyway, Chris uses the tracker to go out and look for Blue. And we see uh, a nod to the original. We see uh, Jurassic Park Jeep with the mirror. So that was kind of a yeah. nice little touch. We see him come face-to-face -face with Blue, and he has a piece of meat in his pocket. I'd say that's very unwise going, where there's lots of dinosaurs. Yeah. He didn't know that Blue was going to be the first one that he found. It's like going in the sea with a leg of lamb attached to you. Ask him for trouble. So she's just about to let him stroke her, but they f they fire a dart at her, and um, oh, lots of things happen, isn't it? But it ends up with someone shooting her. So she doesn't die, but she's she's yeah. heavily injured, and they realise that they need to keep Zia. The bad guys need to keep Zia with them because she's lied and said she can help. Because she is trained. Yeah, even though we don't know how. But yeah. We don't know how. And they leave Chris lying there. And they've shot Chris as well. I don't know if we said Sorry, that. I didn't say that. They shot Chris with, with a dart. Yeah. A tranquilizer dart. Meanwhile, we got Claire and the boy trapped in the bunker as a volcano erupts. So we should point out that, that you know, at this point, there's there's a twist. And it becomes apparent that they're not there to save them after all their animal traffickers. So I guess they locked Claire in because they didn't need her anymore. A baryonyx comes towards them and we watch them escaping. This was quite amusing, did you think? They were trying to climb up and he thought he'd 
climbed up and then the ladder came back down again yeah i predictable i i thought but yeah easy comedy but you know raised a few laughs in leicester square probably tourists i'd say yeah didn't raise any laughs when i saw it in a less touristy area yeah yeah so chris is slowly waking up from the tranquilizer dart and he's on the floor and a triceratops is licking his face. I guess that was another just comedy moment. Didn't really do anything, did it, other than that? No. And the lava starts spilling towards him and he manages to get out of its way just in time. Didn't that scene there remind you of Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it really did. Adam was like to me in the cinema, he went... It's like that film. And I was like, yeah, Leonardo, Leonardo, Wolf of Wall Street. And wasn't that a great film? Oh, the best. I mean, I always choose the bad person side anyway. But, mm. it, you know, he deserved to get away with that. <laughs> we see, meanwhile, Claire escapes from the bunker. Now, she's not so much of a do-gooder now, is she? Now a dinosaur's chasing her because she locked it in with a load of lava. So it's all right to save them all the while they're not coming after you. Yeah. You know, my vegan friend, she probably would have sacrificed herself for it. Stand by her convictions. Yeah. Chris catches up with them as they're chased by several dinosaurs. And then we see uh, the ball that was in the first film. And Claire and the boy get in it. I don't understand why they all couldn't have got in there. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And especially today, I made sure I rewatched this bit carefully to see if there was any point he could have got in. And he easily could have just, like, there was room. Even if he'd, like, laid across their laps, there was enough room for three of them in that ball. I just would have all got in and just gone together. Yeah, totally. Chris nearly gets eaten and the T-Rex saves him. I mean, the amount of time that T-Rex has saved... Him and that stupid woman is unbelievable. He saved them in the last one. I know. Hero she is. I'm saying he. Obviously, they're all girls. Keep forgetting that. So he goes running after the ball. And, I mean, Chris is a good runner. Very good. Because he's, you know, literally next to the ball. And it falls off cliff, goes underwater. And, you know, Chris obviously... He's right behind them and he tries trying to shoot them out. Doesn't work. And then he manages to cut cut them open. Not them. Gruesome. Cut the ball open with a knife. And they all escape. Yeah. This is where they fall in that it's a double cross and it was all a lie. That they just needed them. Only at that. Yeah. Low <laughs> on the uptake. <laughs> We see that the dinosaurs are being tied up, which was sad. And uh, the baddie, he goes and he like ripping teeth out that he wants to keep, which was horrible. So they managed to get they managed to get on the boat, don't they, to leave? And that's a bit dramatic. I mean, the the car manages to literally jump onto the boat. No one notices them doing this, and then we see. We get the, the, the shot of looking back at the island. The, the sad, sad scene of the dinosaur left behind to die in a, in a volcano. And, you know, I cried the first time. Both my friends today cried. Lyle, your friend, he sent me a message saying it moved him greatly. Mm-hmm. Well, did, did you cheer or? You let off a party popper at this point. <laughs> Actually, a confetti cannon. (laughs) Uh, No, it was very sad. And actually, it made me think, I don't know why, from the beginning, they wouldn't have just saved the dinosaurs. Like, I would have just saved all the dinosaurs who were plant eaters and were nice. And then I would have just said, oh, we're not, as humans, we're not geared up to deal with dinosaurs that can kill us yet. Yeah, I, I totally agree, actually, that I don't understand why they couldn't have saved the herbivores. And yeah. uh, because, they, you know, they would be no harm to us, would they, in any way? 
So I just would have done that. And then I'd have been like, until we're in a position where we can look back and, and work out how we get these animals integrated into like real, you know, everyday mm. life, we're not in a position to protect, to have protections against the ant like the dinosaurs that could are a threat to human life yeah totally so it just felt a bit weird and then obviously we know that they're trying to get the ones who are going to cost them the most money but you know yeah it was very sad to see that yeah but initially initially why didn't the government rule okay we we can only save the ones that aren't going to harm humans yeah that would have been easy yeah solved, wouldn't it? eli yeah. estimates that they will get four million per species. He's talking to an auctioneer. You know, that was just the starting until they had something bigger up their sleeve, which was obviously the, the one that they created at, at the end. A few of them were saying they wanted to use them for sort of like... So they've basically the got or, the you know. DNA of the uh, Adominus Rex and they are going to mix that with the DNA of Blue, which is why it's so important that blue is saved so because she's intelligent so they want the aggression of the andominus mixed mixed with the intelligence of a rapture which will give them the ultimate killing machine in a in a war basically Maisie overhears all of this and tells her granddad who just dismisses her they find blue with zia and she's cottoned on that they, you know, that Blue is the one that they're particularly interested in. They need to find a, another dinosaur that's similar enough to get a blood transfusion from. And it happens to be a T-Rex. It's unlucky, isn't it? Very. Didn't it amaze you how easily, throughout all of this, they were able to open the cages? Like, don't you think they would have been padlocked? Like, they were just a little latch that just moved up and down. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't seem very safe. Even when you see, you know, like lorries going along with like packets of crisps in the back, they're like locked. Definitely. But no, you've got a T-Rex and it's just, uh, you know, I'll just leave it on the latch. Be all right. Ridiculous. So, yeah, they get in, uh, Chris and Claire get in with the T-Rex and, oh, you know, I mean, it's, it, I, again, it, tourists found it very, very funny. And I could see why. I could see why it was funny. Londoners didn't. No, sadly, when I saw it exclusive, Londoners again, just just the odd sigh was all you could hear. Yeah, yeah. A, a small cough or something <laughs> from the front row. <laughs> They're sucking on a Murray mint. But what made me laugh was, you know, there's all this. They managed to get the blood after a few, you know, comedy moments, blah, blah, blah. But it wakes up. So there's huge amount of, of crashing and, you know, them yeah. getting out the cage. Not one person hears it. Just before they got out, someone had noticed the door was locked, so shut it. Yeah. So there obviously were people nearby, but no one heard this T-Rex kicking yeah. off. Macy investigates, I've written here. Um, so I think this was the part where uh, she sees um, a video with Chris uh, where he's being comforted by Blue. So you see that she actually un that, that dinosaur actually understands emotion, which is apparently unheard of, mm -hmm. that she understands. When he pretended he wasn't well, she came up and gave him a kiss, which I do with the dogs. It's really sweet if you pretend to cry. The dogs will come up and give you Aww. a kiss. So Blue's op goes well. So however, whatever she trained on, she did well. Well, she managed to remove a bullet. I'm not sure if that's standard procedure you would learn in vet class for dinosaurs. Don't know. But she did all right. We then cut to see Dr. Wu, who, of course, is in every Jurassic Park stroke world film. So great to see him back. He gets more and more villainous every time and he's arguing because he's heard that blue has been injured and he says that this new species that is created needs blue it needs a mother to learn from it can't be not something that he can create blah 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 mm -hmm. 
And again, this is where Macy is lurking around and she finds the, the dinosaur and Eli chucks her in her room. And locks the door. He does. He locks the door and says to the housekeeper, keep her locked in. So she didn't say, like, what are you on about? Like, I would be like, who are you to say, Hmm. you know, I'm here to look after her. Her granddad hasn't said anything. No. The boy gets swept along pretending to be crew and they all drive onto the Lockwood estate. Again, we see another nod to the first one with a goat being fed to the T-Rex. Benjamin berates Eli. So he smothers him with a cushion. That's him out of the way. Yeah. I mean, not that not that he could have done a lot anyway. I thought it was very foolish of him to confront him. With no one around. Why didn't he, you know, call the police himself, get the housekeeper to give him the phone and call the police? Why did he even confront him on it? I agree. Chris and Claire are captured and Eli apologises to her. And when she gets a bit prissy... He gives her a few home truths. He reminds her that she authorised the Indominus Rex. I like that. And it's fair. She, you know, she, yeah, she is part of this problem. She is. She really is. He said that people will think that they burnt up on the island, so they'll just be presumed dead anyway. It doesn't matter that they're captured. Maisie manages to escape from her room. She's very conspicuous in a bright red jacket climbing above their heads. Hailing the building. Yeah, but great dress sense, is all I would say. Yeah, of course. She climbs into her granddad's room, obviously dead. So she gets into the dumb waiter with a photo album. Because obviously the granddad's been being very coy about the photo album, asking, and Maisie's asking lots of questions about her mum. And actually someone else brought this up on the Spielberg podcast, if you haven't listened to that give it a listen that's by our friend chris who also does easy rider raging podcast and he kind of said that all the way through it you're led to believe that like we as the audience are going to know who the mum is so like do you think it's like i don't know the woman from the first film or you know julianne moore's character from the second film or you're you're led to believe you know who the mum is and then the reveal is oh we don't know who she is anyway well, because she doesn't have a mum, does she? No, she doesn't. But that's what I'm saying. It was just why? Why was it even there? It was just an odd. It was just kind of. A, it was just there for the sake of it. Well, no, because that's that's why later on she presses the button. I'm sure that they could have had another reason. They could have just had him fall on the button. They didn't need to create a cloned kid. Well, yeah, it seemed a bit. I mean, it was a side plot which just seemed a bit didn't go anywhere. So. Eli dismisses the housekeeper. That was weird, wasn't it? Well, she just went as well. I think that she would probably have argued and said, no, I'm sorry, I've seen you lock that little girl in a room. I'm 100% not leaving you in charge of her. Yeah. Not just be like, okay, better go. (laughs) 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 Better go and find another cloak to raise. (laughs) Chris tries to get them out of the cell by... um, getting one of the dinosaurs to headbutt the wall. So I think the dinosaur was called a, I'm going to try and pronounce this, a Stygimollux. And I said Mollux, Stygimollux. And it works. They managed to get out. And um, there's an auction going on where they're selling the dinosaurs to all these rich folk from around the world, mainly Japan and Russia, it appeared. Got all the money, haven't they? They have. They find Macy and she knows Chris is okay as she saw him on the video with Blue. We then cut back to the auction and it previews the Indoraptor, which is the new one that's been built for combat using DNA from a raptor and from the Indominus. And Macy explains to them as they're watching on that it's Dr. Wu who made it. Now, Dr. Wu doesn't want this one sold because it hasn't been refined yet. It's just a prototype. But old Eli and the auctioneer, they get greedy, don't they, and start taking bids on it. Yeah. Uh, And it's sold to Russia. For quite a lot, actually, wasn't it? A lot of money. They're having a hell of a time. They got the World Cup and they won the dinosaur bid. Yeah. Got it all. 
So Chris says, sends the, the dinosaur that he got out earlier down in the lift to attack the uh, auction. Mm-hmm. And what I found with this, there's only one man there with a gun in a room where they've got dinosaurs, which we know are only kept in by a very loose latch. They've only got one guy with a gun. I mean, this is America. Like Everyone has guns. Everyone who's anyone has a gun. And this one guy is the only person with a gun. It seems very unrealistic to me. Yeah. Kicks off, doesn't it? Proper kicks off. Yeah. And the the horrible man, the baddie, comes looking for his money and he shoots the new dinosaur because he wants to get one of one of her teeth for his collection. Of course, because she's so intelligent, because she's part raptor, she pretends to be unconscious, but actually she's not. She starts off by ripping ripping his arm off. I like that. I like he got a really horrible, horrible death scene. Yeah. Because he deserved it. Yeah, he really did. He he was cruel to them. He wasn't just... He wasn't just doing a job. Yeah, yeah. So he got, he got a pretty gruesome end, which was good. The auctioneer also got, gets eaten in the lift. Eli runs into... Chris, Claire and Macy and reveals that Lockwood never had a grandchild. His own daughter had died and he had the technology with the DNA testing that he was able to clone her. And that basically Macy is a clone of his original daughter, which I just didn't. Yeah, again, a pointless part of the... It was, because nothing else happened from it. And no one really... It was just... No one seemed to really care. No. Uh, <sighs> they were really not shocked. Like, no one gasped. They were just like, all right. Yeah, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, it was just so bizarre. Yeah, really weird. Would you like to have a clone of yourself? Well, I don't need one. Well, I wasn't going to say you don't need one because you've got Emma because I'll be like, oh, yeah, we're different. Twins are different, you know. You've got different personalities, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I didn't want to offend, so I thought I'd ask you anyway. But no, you don't need one. You have someone that looks identical to you. Would you want a clone? Yeah. I like me. (laughs) If I could hang out with myself, I'd have a great time because I don't understand people that think they wouldn't. Because that means you must not enjoy what you do in life or not enjoy yourself. I would just sit with myself watching, you know, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, drinking coffee. It'd be great. Do you not think that it could be like a mirror where you, you know, you start to realise like maybe, oh, maybe I am annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying you are. I think we know what you're trying to say. I'm... I'm just saying that could happen. Not maybe, not maybe to you, not to you, but just to other people. Do you look at Emma and think, yeah, I'm annoying at times? Sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I'd be like, oh, you're really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I would. Sure, she does it about me. No, she's really nice about you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Wu walks in and confronts Zia and the boy. And she says that uh, Blue is no longer pure because she had to give it a blood transfusion from a T-Rex. So that gives him the right ump. And then the boy attacks him. And Zia lets Blue out of the cage. So again, activist, but they're quite happy to run out and leave Blue with a load of flammables. Wow, it's, it's when it works for them. So we get really lengthy scenes with the um, Indu Raptor chasing Chris, Claire and Macy. And it's really, there's a really stupid point where it goes into a bedroom. Say it. Say it. Chaos in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> because this sums up this whole thing which goes on for however long perfectly. This lasted far too long for my liking. Utter rubbish nonsense why would a dinosaur gently open the door gently creep around why would it even be chasing the kid there's no logical reason there's so many other people it could have got 
stupid. Anyway, go and see it at the cinema. You'll know which bit we mean. It goes on far too long. The upshot is that Blue saves the day and this thing gets killed. The ventilation system is out, which means the gases that they let earlier are slowly poisoning the dinosaurs. Claire releases them from the cage. And again, at this point, I don't understand why we needed to release them all. Now, my friend said exactly the same, that why didn't Claire, you know, okay, you've got a conscience, why didn't she release the the ones that aren't going to harm people? Why are you letting the T-Rex out? Yeah. Sure, it's sad, but you're talking about you're now going to destroy civilization. Yeah. But before she presses the button to, to open the main doors, Chris, you know, gives her a talking to and says there's no going back, blah, 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 and... She decides not to push, and they they watch teary-eyed as the dinosaurs are dying. But, old clone features, she only goes and presses the button while they're not looking. (laughs) And she said, I had to because they're alive like me. Pathetic. You weren't thinking that when the dinosaur was in your room about to kill you. Yeah, exactly. Well, you didn't you didn't care about that one dying. Oh, because it didn't like you. But these ones, that's fine. Let me tell you, half of these would eat you too. Yeah. So the flying ones, are they, I don't know, what are they, pterodactyl flying ones? Don't know. Sorry for any dinosaur experts. But they're first out and they kill the bloke. Eli hides under the car, but soon gets eaten by a T-Rex. And we see the famous roar. As he walks off, that's the last we see of the T-Rex for this film. And then we get a little touching moment with Blue and Chris, where he asks her to come with him, but she runs off. Now, I wrote, come on, Chris, she's not that intelligent. She doesn't understand what you're saying. He should have just captured her. Well, yeah, and then she just went running off, didn't she? And ultimately, she was the closing shot. So for the, you know, one of the first times ever, it wasn't the T-Rex that was the closing shot. We got blue. And see, Chris, Claire and Maisie driving down the coast together Mm -hmm. um, with the dinosaurs flying past. Yeah. Which leads a few questions. Um, Why are they now looking after her? Yeah, who, I, I don't understand. Just why would they get the right to adopt her? I would imagine social services would have taken her into care and she'd be fostered or possibly put in a lab since she's a clone. She certainly wouldn't just be able to go off. But they, they're not even together. <laughs> well, yeah. The cameo from Jeff Goldblum and he says, we've entered a new era. Welcome to Jurassic World. That's it. So we haven't got any shout-outs because I didn't put out a call for any um, because I anticipated this would have been released a little earlier and no one else would have seen the film. But I did promise my colleague, Natalie, that I would give her a shout-out. So apparently she's subscribed to us on Spotify. But this is a test. I'm not going to tell her I've given her a shout-out. And now if she doesn't listen, she's promised to, she said, I'm definitely going to look because, you know, she went and saw... The film, she was like, I'm definitely going to listen to the latest one. So, Natalie, give me a text when you've listened, and uh, then I know that you're really my friend. If not, still a colleague, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) If you did enjoy this, as I said, we've done two other Jurassic films. Give them a listen. And we've done, like, 40-odd other ones. I think we're on, like, I think this is, like, number 42 or something. Who knew when we'd taken most of this year off that we've still managed to do so many? <laughs> well, it's because we were doing three in a night at one time. I know. I, I was very hard on you in the beginning, and now I see that I had to be. I had no choice. I loosened the apron strings, and look what happens. <laughs> I've gone feral. <laughs> you have gone feral. You need to be kept on a tight leash, and next year I will be up in your game for you. <laughs> This experiment of let her come to me did not work. Yeah, she can be trusted now. Oh, no, she can't. 
So you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the proud creators of Britpod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. Please go and follow Britpod Scene on Twitter, where everything we retweet are the shows that we endorse. You got anything to add? No, nothing from me. Okay, then. Thank you very, very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of Britpod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.